Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Thankful for Grace, presented by Pastor Floyd and Janice Silva on November 3rd, 2019. As you all know, without getting too mushy, I love her deeply, and <laughs> I'm excited to have her up here. Actually, both of us are, are real excited, a little nervous, of course, you know, that goes along with uh, preaching God's Word and opening up and, and uh, sharing the, the encouragement that God has given us personally with those that are around us, and so there's always that little, uh, you know, stomach feeling that can't eat breakfast, but I can drink my coffee because I need that kind of feeling. And, uh, but we are truly excited and, and really humbled and honored that, that we get to share with you this morning because um, we're entering a new season. As you can tell, it's getting cold and I'm wearing long pants for those of you who know me. So, you know, the weather is changing. So, um, but uh, it's a new season and we're going to start a new series. We do this every year. Uh, we entitle it Thankful Giving because um, this is a time of year where uh, our focus kind of changes. We start to look at the holiday season. We uh, see all the Christmas stuff coming out on the shelves. Uh, we start talking about Thanksgiving and preparing for family and friends and doing all those things. We watch the leaves change and it kind of really is uh, an exciting time of year. I think people get pretty excited about this season and I, and I hope you are right now excited about that. And so we're looking forward over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about some very specific things that, that we can be thankful for. Uh, today we're going to talk about being thankful for grace. And uh, so if you would grab your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 2. Next week we're going to talk about uh, being thankful for our faith. And then we're going to talk about being faith, thankful for our hope and for, for God's love. And so it'll be a, a great month of encouraging messages. Uh, we'll have a guest speaker come next week. His name is Michael Summers. Um, if you'll notice, him and I are about the same size and height and stature. And if you remember him, he's been here before. He's my big, tall buddy. And uh, so he'll be here next week. And we're excited to have him do that for us. And so, so it really is truly a season to be thankful um, it is an opportunity for us to kind of focus in on some very specific things in regards to what we are grateful for, uh, especially at this time of year as we invite family and friends and we gather together as a church and do all those fun things. And so I was just kind of curious. I know there's a lot of things that Janice and I are, are thankful for. I wanted to ask the question and you can just kind of answer this to yourself. Um, what, what are you thankful for mostly at this time of year? As you think about the season and everything that it brings, uh, what, what are you thankful for? Uh, what's the one thing that kind of just uh, makes you feel grateful and gives you a heart of gratitude? And I think for, for many of us, it's different. To many of us, it's, you know, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends. Uh, maybe it's the good food that we get to eat, you know, the, the presents that we get to unwrap and all that good stuff that comes along with this time of year. Um, I hate daylight savings. I hate changing the clock. So I'm not thankful for that, just so you know. Um, I love the daylight, so I wish it could stay sunshine till 10 o'clock, even though I'm in bed at 9. Uh, but uh, we look forward to that. But I also know and, and have to acknowledge that this time of year brings um, a lot of sorrow, a lot, a lot of memories that maybe um, we uh, aren't always so thankful for. You know, for Janice and myself, um, we lost our, our parents at this time of year. Her, her mother passed away on, on Thanksgiving, and my dad passed away um, uh, Literally on, on Halloween Eve, but um, f officially uh, the first week of November. 
And uh, so we know and understand that uh, this time of year, sometimes the, the loss of life or the relational or emotional things that we've dealt with in the past, I'll, I'll always kind of come back up and, and bring it and doesn't really give us a, uh, an opportunity to be thankful and, and uh, really realize all the things that are going around us that we can be thankful for. So I know it's a season for all of us, but my hope is this morning as we uh, open up God's word that we would uh, be reminded that, that we can be thankful and that we can praise God for just his love and his grace and all the great things he's doing for us. I want to share with you a passage from the Bible in Romans 12, 12. It's a, it's a very powerful little verse and uh, it's a great reminder for us, especially in this time of year. Uh, it simply says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. And again, I know that for some that's easier said than done. I know that the tough moments of life can kind of drain that, that thankfulness out of us and, and bring us to a place where we don't really see hope or we don't really see uh, the days ahead of us as something that we can be grateful for. But I'm hoping that today in our passage that uh, God will help us to come to a place to where um, even though we go through storms, even though we've experienced some things, even though we are going to experience other moments of tribulation and trial, that we would look to God's grace to help us through those moments, that we would be reminded that it is grace that brings us through those moments. See, the reality is that it's his grace that keeps us in every moment that we'll face. It's there when life is good and it's there when life is hard and it truly never fails us. It's, it's always with us. God's grace is always there for us. And that's the beauty of it. That's the, the part of it that we can be so thankful for that even in these moments and these seasons when things are changing and life is ahead of us, that we can look to God's grace and be thankful for it. So we're going to open up God's word. Uh, but before we do that, let's pray together. And then Janice will read our passage for us. Father God, we just thank you so much for a new day. We thank you for the love and the hope and the faith that you've given us. And we know the greatest of these are, is your love, Father, and uh, the love that we have for one another. And uh, I pray that today as we open up your word, that you would speak to us, that you would remind us of the grace that's been given. Father, as Janice and I share our stories and the things that you've done in our lives, uh, give us the courage and the, and the boldness and the words to share it in a way that would just help um, encourage others, that would help us to be reminded of your grace and the goodness that you've uh, just done and get, given us in our lifetime and the things that you're going to do in and through us, Father. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your love and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Ephesians 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 10 together. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God 
not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, amen to that. So in our passage, we see God gives us the reason why we can be thankful even thankful when we face the toughest of moments. See, in our passage, we see that, that and, and this is going to be a, a shocker for some, but grace is for sinners. See, the Bible teaches us that, that we are all broken, that we are, are sinful by nature. If you look again at verses 1 through 3, he says, You were dead in the trespass and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. See, there's one thing that, that we can all be sure of, and this is kind of what God does to kind of level the playing field so that we have a greater understanding that grace is for sinners, is that, that we are all sinners, every person. And, and I, 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 in case you didn't know this, I'll raise my hand and let you know I'm a sinner. <laughs> I, I'm probably the biggest sinner that, that I know. Yeah, see, she agreed. <laughs> see? She'll, she'll affirm that for you guys. <laughs> But the understanding is, is really what we're, we're getting here and what Paul is helping us to see is that, that as we gain an understanding of our sin, when we, when we realize that we all fall short, that is when this beautiful picture of grace comes to play in our life. When we get the understanding that, that sin is something that, that we've done and we will do in our lifetime and it's by our nature and we once walked but we're now we're something different when we see and understand the reality of sin that moves us towards grace it moves us towards the understanding of what grace is and why we can be thankful for it I remember early on in my walk with uh, Christ, I, I gave my life again, I say again, because I did it as a kid and then kind of didn't walk with Jesus. And then about 19 years old, um, I had some things going on in my life and uh, I ran into a tough moment, kind of face, facing death, literal. And uh, God got a hold of me. And as he started to shape me and mold me, he helped me to realize my own personal sin. He helped me to kind of realize that, that I did need a savior, that there was something in my life that needed to change. See, he brought me to a place where I was able to acknowledge my own sinfulness. And I, and I think as Christians, sometimes that's hard for us to do. I think it, as Christians, sometimes that's, that's something that we really don't really want to talk about. But I, but I think it's important for us to, to come to a place to where we realize and understand our own sins. See, God moved me to this place to help me to understand just how much he loves me and how great his grace is in my life. Because his grace is what covered my sin. His grace is what brought me to a place of repentance from my sin. It's an understanding of this love that God had for me that brought me to where he wanted to place me to be able to continue to work in my life. It's your turn. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Webster's Dictionary defines grace as an unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. It also says it's a virtue coming from God. Um, Dictionary.com defines grace as the freely given, unmerited favor and love of God 
the influence or spirit of God operating in humans to strengthen them. And if you notice in both of those definitions, it's given from God. It's from God. There's, we can't do anything without God. We cannot offer grace to others without the assistance from God. Um, we cannot have grace without God. We have to always remember that. It's with God's assistance. He's the one who gives us grace. Before I became a believer, it was hard for me to understand the greatness of all that God had to offer and wanted to offer. I didn't know God. I saw people for who they were and whatever they said or did stuck with me for a long time. However, because of God's perfect timing in all things, when I did give my life to Christ, he knew that he was going to be working on a hard heart. And I knew I wanted what I saw in other believers. What that was, I don't know, a sparkle, a little something. Um, I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's true. There is always something there. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't go to vacation Bible school as a kid. I didn't go to youth camp as a teenager. <laughs> Sorry. I had to throw that in there. And I didn't even set foot in a church until adulthood. Yeah. Very true. But God knew what he was doing, working on my heart so I could see myself for who I was and for me to understand my sin. Over a short time, I could actually see the love of God in me, in my friends, and my families. God's grace was truly transforming my heart. And in Romans, um, Romans 3, 20 through 24, Paul says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And that is truly, truly true. When you make that choice to allow God to work, on your heart and in your heart, he will do it. And ladies, we really did learn that this weekend, right? Okay. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we all have to come to a place where we acknowledge our own sin. And I think uh, a lot of times we don't even realize that we are living in sin or disobedience because we don't like the term sin. We don't like to use that in regards to our lives. In fact, that word is, is very offensive to, to many, you know. Uh, but the reality is that we're all broken. We all fall short and, and uh, we have to acknowledge that. We have to come to an understanding of what that is. And, and just like that passage shared with us, um, we have to kind of see where we're at in reflection to who God is. And we have to move away from that. First John 1 uh, verses 8 through 10, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. See, as a believer, it's real easy to look at other people's sins, right? It's easy. Yeah, look at that guy. You know, he's sinning. He's so much worse than I am. Goodness gracious, I'll pray for that guy, right? Let's, let's pray for him right now. Yeah, but the reality is we, we don't like to acknowledge our own sin, 
And that's really truly what, what God is telling us here is that we need to acknowledge the sinful behaviors that we have. We have to acknowledge our brokenness and we have to move away from them into his presence and receive the free gift of grace and to receive what God is offering us in this beautiful picture of what it means to have this unmerited favor, this grace and this love. And that's why grace is for sinners. Grace is for the broken. Grace is for the hurting. Grace is for those that need a savior. I remember when Janice and I were, were first married and, and really, I mean, she was pretty sinful, in case you're wondering, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But that's the way I kind of perceived it when we were first married. There was all of these things that, that I needed to fix in Janice, all these wrongs that, that she was doing, this, this unrighteousness, this unholiness that I just saw in her life because I was good. You know, I, I had a savior and she didn't believe in him. And, and so she needed to be fixed. Well, what God did in my life at that point was help me to bring me to a place of humility. And that's really what, what it is, a place of humility, because he reminded me that I needed to look at my own sin. You know, the, the passage that says, take care of that log that's in your own eye before you can worry about the little splinter that's in your wife's eye. <laughs> it doesn't say wife, but we can apply it. Uh, um, the reality is that I have to take care of my own sin. See, I'm, I'm responsible to her, but not for her. But my responsibility is, is greater and bigger than just pointing the finger and saying you're sinful. My responsibility is greater and bigger than just saying, hey, let's fix you because I'm okay. There's nothing really wrong with me because I go to church every Sunday. I, I do a Bible study here and there. You know, I hang out with other Christians here and there. You know, I think sometimes we confuse some of that stuff uh, with, with having a, a real deep, intimate personal relationship and an understanding of our own sinful nature. God gave me this passage, and I know um, I want you guys to listen very carefully to this passage because I know some are going to kind of move towards a specific direction with this, but I want to kind of take it to in a, hopefully a direction that maybe you have never seen or heard in regards to how it's been communicated. And it comes out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle in, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Now, many of us, and, and even I do on occasion, will use this verse in regards to my responsibility as a man to my wife, a husband to my wife. And that, that's okay. That, that, it works. It's reflective of that. But I, I want you to listen carefully to what he's saying here because what we sometimes miss and lose sight of is what Christ did for you, what Christ did for me. See, because we know that the church is not a building, right? I am the church, you are the church. And so what Jesus did for you and do what Jesus did for me is something that we need to take note of. See, he says that, that Jesus sanctified us. He, he cleansed us, washing us with the word of God. And he did this so that he might present us to God in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any blemish so that you and I might be holy and righteous. Isn't that beautiful? And you, you know what that is? 
That's just simply grace. That's simply God's grace for you and I. So before I could work on fixing my wife, I had to fix myself. I had to deal with an understanding of that God wanted to, to wash me and cleanse me, to sanctify me, to restore me, and to bring me to a place of righteousness in his presence. And by doing that, by seeking God first, God says and he promises us that he'll take care of everything else in our lives. See, I realized that I couldn't make her into what I wanted her to be, but I could love her like Christ loved me. And I think that goes for every one of us, no matter whether we're married, whether we're single, whether we're dealing with our kids, no matter what we're going through, we can love like Christ. And that's going to make the difference. See, because it's all about grace. Just a little side note. Um, if anyone wants to have coffee with me so we can talk about Floyd's sin, just let me know, okay? Um, Two of her favorite things to do. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, God is so good. I, I just honestly can't explain how good he is. Um, just through everything, everything in life. Um, yes, of course, we go through hard times and in, in really in our uh, retreat this weekend talking about hope in the midst of hopelessness. Truly is uh, life-changing when we give our... Uh, whole heart to God. Um, but I could see how Floyd's heart was changing, um, how it began to change over time. His love for me was really evident. It was soft, it was gentle, and it was sweet. I don't know if you can, it was just sweet. Um, he asked what I needed, what I wanted, how he could serve me, what made me happy, what was I passionate about. I don't know, my, my kids, I stayed home at that time. I couldn't even really answer. Um, he was very, very thoughtful. He still is very thoughtful. I'm not here to brag on him, but it's true. Um, very thoughtful. I could just see those changes. I could see the changes even when his um, dad passed away, how God worked in his life and how God softened him. Um, and it was just truly amazing. I often wonder why. Why me that I'm so blessed with this amazing husband who truly loves me? Um, ah, sorry. <laughs> I said, no, no. Okay. Um, I know it's God's grace in Floyd and in our marriage. Um, it definitely wasn't me. I could not do anything. I mean, you guys know I was the biggest sinner. I mean, I didn't go to youth camp. Holy yeah, cow. My gosh. I didn't know Who Bible does songs. That, you know? I didn't know those songs. Um, but Floyd and I are very different people since we truly were able to submit to God our marriage, um, each other, and to be able to understand what God wants for us and for our marriage and our family and our church family as well. Um, in John 1.14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. His Word is alive in us, and we need to always remember that. Yeah, I think as a, as a couple... We have become more thankful for grace because we have a greater understanding of how it applies to us, how it's been given to us. And I think it's important for us. If you, if you look at the whole writing of the book of Ephesians and what Paul does in it, um, he starts out the first few chapters and it's all about grace. 
It's all about us. He, he points to a person and, and he, he reminds us of the grace of God. He reminds us of the goodness of God. And then he moves in towards into the latter chapters of giving us an opportunity to express and share that grace with others, to, to express and share that grace with our husbands and our wives and our children and those that are around us. And it's just this beautiful picture of grace and a reminder that as we gain this understanding of what grace is for us, we truly can have a a grateful heart in regards to grace. And that grateful heart comes out of an understanding of what grace is. And grace is just simply unmerited favor, as she shared in the definition. And if you look at verses uh, 5 through 6, actually, it's in your notes 5 and 6, but I apologize. I, I wanted to do, I should have done 4 also. So let's look at 4, since you have your Bibles with you, 4, 5, and 6, and we'll, we'll read those together. And what he says here, it says, in, starting in verse 4, Um, It won't be up on the screen because I didn't give them the heads up. Um, It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That statement is just such a, a beautiful and powerful statement. It's a, it's a picture of unmerited favor, a picture of God's grace. And this is why, what he says here is why you and I can rejoice in hope and be patient through tribulation. This is why that, that we can be constant in prayer. This is why we can turn our hearts to God because God loves us so much, no matter our sin, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've been through, God's love will always stay true. It will never fail us. See, it's truly a picture of God's riches at Christ's expense. See, this is the beauty of God's grace. It's this beautiful picture of this love, even though. And I hope you catch that this morning. I hope you see that and come to a greater understanding of that this morning. And we can offer this same type of grace to others in our life. Um, Many of you know that I'm a teacher, love my second graders, love my job, love my students. However, you all know that each year is different and we encounter active children, challenging children, as one teacher says, spicy children, right? But God reminds me every day that those children were meant to be in my class so that I can show them his love through me. Mm -hmm. They were meant to be there. And we always have to remember people are put into our lives for a reason, not by chance or coincidence. It's God's purpose and plan. Um, I question myself many times, why do I always get these challenging lovelies? It's because God knows that I can handle it and that we have this mutual respect for each other. Um, I tell them I'm not their boss. There's no boss in the classroom. I'm their teacher. I'm not their maid or their babysitter or even the parent trying to remind them to hang up their backpack. But they've learned that I respect them and they respect me. Um, Sammy always says, gosh, Mom, you have such odd students that tell you that they love you and they hug you all the time and they're going to miss me on Fridays um, when Friday comes and they won't see me until Monday. But it's really a true act of love because they see that I love them as well. Ah, sorry, you can't. I have this one little student this year and she is just the sweetest, sweetest little girl. And every day at the end of the day, she hugs me and she says, thank you. Every day, thank you. And I, the first time she said it, I said, honesty, why did you say that? And she just said, because. 
thank you, Miss Silva, thank you. And she does it every day, and it just really, really brightens my heart. Um, God offers me grace each and every day, and it's my job to offer my students, my friends, my family, everyone that I come in contact with grace, grace every day as well. And I could not do it without God. Again, we cannot do this without God. In Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. And also, in Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God's grace is so amazing and unbelievable, but really, we don't deserve it, and he gives it to us freely as long as we will accept it and take it. Amen. You might be wondering to yourself, well, why does God give us his grace? What's the reason behind it? Well, I believe that God gives us this unmerited favor simply just because he loves us. He loves us, and there's just no question his love is unfailing, it's, it's there constant, it's there forever. He's the same God from beginning to end, and uh, he just, he loves us, you know, and that's, that's something that, that we can be so thankful for, because even when we slip and we fall and we make a mistake, even in the moments when we struggle and have a hard time, even in the moments where we say, God, you know, curse you, or oh, I'm upset with you, or I'm mad at you, God just looks at us and he says, you know what, that's okay, I love you. And that's what we can be thankful for. That's as we enter this season of, of Thanksgiving, as we look at the things that God has given us, as we look at the world around us, the struggles, the trials, the pain, all the memories that we carry, we can look to God and we can be thankful. And we can be thankful simply because he has given us his grace, his unmerited favor. He loves us so much that he was willing to send his son to die on a cross so that you and I could ha not only have eternal life, but we can live in his presence from today forward for all of eternity. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, there is nothing that you can do to change God's love for you. There's no sin you can commit. There's no words that you can say. You can run as fast as you think you can run, but God will still love you. He'll still welcome you home. When you acknowledge your sin, when you understand that grace is for sinners, it'll move you to a more deeper, more intimate relationship with a God that loves you and is offering you this grace, this unmerited favor. See, as we have a greater understanding of our sin and a realization that God is offering us this favor regardless of, that brings us to a place, I believe, that creates gratitude in our heart, an understanding of how thankful we can be. You know, there's, there's times in, in, in our, our marriage that Janice and I have fought, you know? Yeah, we did, really. In case you're wondering, people ask, do you guys ever fight? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let me show you the bruise. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But there's times that Janice and I have gotten into to arguments and fights, and I know that many of you know what that looks like and how that feels and the emotions that it brings. Um, and there's times that, that uh, I really didn't deserve to be forgiven by Janice. There's times that, that this, this uh, grace that she bestowed upon me really wasn't deservant of because of the actions or the, the responses or the emotions that I expressed. But I'm very thankful 
that she did forgive me. I'm very thankful as I look back on those moments and, and see that the, the grace that she's shown me and the forgiveness that she's offered me and the love that she still shares and gives to me, even though. And I think that that's, that's a small picture of this great big God that loves us so deeply and so intimately that no matter what we do, he'll still forgive us, he'll still love us, and he'll still welcome us home. And it's such a beautiful picture of grace, and it's a reason for you and I to be thankful. See, Janice and I, we want you to know that the Bible teaches us that we are to receive this gift with hearts to follow and obey God's plan for our lives. And part of that plan is to share this grace with those that are in our lives. See, we have a responsibility to one another to not only receive and accept this grace that God has given us, but also to share that grace with those that God has placed in our lives, whether it's our students, whether it's our coworkers, and yes, even our kids, in case you're wondering, even our kids. And through nine. And Ephesians 1. Uh, seven through nine. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Did you notice what Paul says in this passage? He says, as, as God redeems us and he restores us through the blood of his son, gives us forgiveness. And it's all in accordance to the riches of his grace. But he also helps us to discover what our purpose and our plan is. He helps us to understand why he created us. Not only just to love us, but so that we would share his love with the world around us. See, because of all of this, because of what God has set forth in Christ, we can have hope. We, we can look and face these troubles and these trials and these struggles that we go through with hope, understanding that God has grace for every one of us, that God loves us so much that he was willing to give up so that you and I could have. And our responsibility is just to give back. Our responsibility is just to, to be joyful and to give and to help others understand this hope that you and I have been given See, we have a responsibility to the world around us and that's simply just to love them, to show them Christ's love. And I think as we gain a greater understanding of God's love for us, I think it becomes a little bit easier to share that love with the world around us because we have grateful hearts. We have an understanding of the grace and the mercy that's been given to us even as sinners. I want to close with this last verse because I think it's an important one to, to think about as Paul shared all of this other stuff with us. And it's Ephesians 10, or 2.10, excuse me. And he simply says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, underline good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God gave us his grace to prepare us for the good works that we would walk in. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. We thank you for just all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. There's just uh, so many things going on in the world around us, but yet you bring us to these places where you remind us of the hope and the grace that you've offered us, the mercy and the love that you have for, for every one of us, Father. And regardless of our sin, regardless of the things that we've done in the past, we know that you offer us this grace that you offer us this mercy. Father, Janice and I, 
we come before you and we give you thanks. We thank you for this great privilege to be able to open up your word and share our hearts and share the things that you've uh, shared with us, the things that you've done in our lives. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person that's here this morning that you brought to hear and, and uh, to gain a, a greater understanding of what grace is. Father, I, I pray that as you speak to their hearts that, that they wouldn't just uh, stay idle in just hearing your word, Father, but they would be doers of your word. Father, they, they would come to a place where they acknowledge their sin, that they come before you and they bow, humbling themselves and acknowledging the, the brokenness and the hurt and the pain. Father, and surrendering it to you, knowing that they need you, they need this grace. And by doing so, Father, I pray that, that as, as you give them this unmerited favor, as you show them and reveal to them the beauty of your grace, the wonder of your grace, Father, that they would look at the world around them, their spouses, their, their family members, their coworkers, those that they do life with, Father, and they would offer that grace to them, that they would seek to, to show them your love. And that's what it means to be doers of your word, Father. That, that we don't just take it in for ourselves, but we go out into the world and we share it with all those that will listen, all those that, that would come near, all those that would be hurting and broken, all those that, that need to, to, to know Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you so much that you've allowed us this privilege, that you've given to us in so many ways. Father, this morning, we come to you with grateful hearts. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful that you love us. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community We invite you to go with us on this journey